Yeah. I'm like shaking. Why am I shaking? I think it's because what you've been doing so far has been posting things to social media. So there's kind of like a, a lens between you and in the rest of the world a little bit. And this is like, people actually get to hear your voice now. That's unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's dive into it. So, you know, kind of how this went. I kind of gave people the question or the ability to do Q and a bring your, bring your mic a little closer to your mouth. I gave people the ability to do a Q and a style. So I post a box, I gave them a free for all. And then we compiled the list of the questions that everybody has asked us regarding specifically our divorce process thus far, but more or less people want to know about the actual affair and the details. So let's get into it. The first one that we'll kind of start out with is it said, Cass, you said you've been cordial in front of the kids towards Brett. Please don't tiptoe and be cordial with him on this podcast. He needs to feel what he has done to you. I think you felt a lot of that the past month and a half. <laughs> uh, I don't even think that's really a question. I think that's just a I good mean, opener. Like, I don't think you were cordial. Like <laughs> you, you made it. I don't know how to put it without painting you in a like bad light of like how <laughs> I don't think you need to worry about painting me in a bad light. You, you, you gave me brutal honesty and yeah. like you let me have it, but it was deserved. I think it was warranted by yeah, this point. Like everything that social media was telling you to do. Like, I don't think that they were aware, but you were already doing that. Like oh, you were much. already. I think people are expecting a fight. I think people were hoping for the ugly, like all of the stereotypical divorce concepts we hear about when we hear about people getting divorced after an affair, right? Especially after how long we've been together. I think so many people were expecting that war, you know? And why do you think people were expecting war? That's the, that's the cliche. Like that's what you expect out of a divorce and people divorce cliche when someone's had an affair, like that's just the typical go-to rightfully. So, um, But I think ultimately that doesn't really serve me. Like in the end game for me is what's best for me. And best for me is not being angry at you forever, being ugly with you, because ultimately the only person that pains the most is going to be me and the kids. So, I mean, you were, you were angry at me for long enough, 10 plus years. Nah, I wouldn't even say I was angry that entire time. I think there were moments based on your actions. If I were angry the entire 10 years, we wouldn't be married. Like in theory, what would have been the point? There was way more happy than there was bad necessarily. I think it's more or less just being aware of what got us to this point too, which obviously we're going to talk about. The next question was, Brett, why did you agree to do this podcast? Huh. You asked me that question earlier this week and I've been like, I've been thinking about it. Like what's my, what's my motive? What's my purpose for for agreeing to come on your your unhinged podcast. I love the name, by the way. You did it's not very, love it initially. Let's not bullshit. No, no, because I was worried that the name was going to. You were worried it had a negative connotation, and it kind of does, but I think that's the fun in it. I like, mean, I'm it, looking for a good time. 
Yeah, it does. I mean, you are being unhinged as in like, there's no filter anymore. Like everyone's going to see exactly what the fucking truth is. And so, yeah, I love the name by the way. So I won't go off on that tangent. Uh, My purpose for my reason for coming on the podcast and saying yes to it was, I don't know. I think, I think I wanted to give people a chance to have all of their questions answered. Um, had you asked me last week, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, like, I don't think I would have been in a place where I would have agreed to it simply because I was, I was still doing a lot of self-reflection and I don't, I didn't have the answers to some of these questions a few weeks ago. And so now that I do, I feel like I can come onto your podcast and actually give an honest insight of what's going on rather than just giving everyone, you know, assumptions of, of what I'm feeling. Um, and so to follow up with that, there was another question that kind of coincided with why you agree to do the podcast, but more or less, why do you feel the need to explain your behavior? I don't think I feel a need to explain my behavior. I have a need to understand my behavior because God, yeah, after I cheated on you, I didn't know why the fuck I did it. I I didn't know if it was because I didn't love you and I was just tricking myself into thinking that I loved you. I didn't know if it was because there's something really fucked up about me. Um, yeah. You know what I find most interesting about that statement is that you questioned at any point that you whether or not you loved me. I think that's fascinating. I think the reason that I questioned it was because I, I had recently been aware, made aware of the fact that like I'm a chameleon and I would change my personality and the way I would act based on the people I was around. Um, and I think just because I had made a mistake that I never thought that I would, I'm not going to say mistake. I made a choice that I never thought that I would make. And so if I, if I made a choice that I never thought that I would make, I was like, what else is fake in my life or what else is the actual truth? So in order to do myself, um, do right by myself and actually fully under start to understand who I am and also to do right by you. Cause right. If, if I had tricked myself or like just tried to convince myself that I loved you and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair to you like I, I almost felt like I owed you the effort of finding that out because that was a question of yours for years. I, I mean, think. none of this was fair to me. Yeah. Are you scared? Cause you look nervous. Maybe a little. We're just getting started. We have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's finish out this nice little intro. Are you embarrassed to talk about it? I was. I think th- that's past tense. Yeah. Uh, that's not correct. I'm still embarrassed to talk about it, but not as embarrassed. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. 
All right, let's get into the actual like nitty gritty of the affair itself. I categorize these questions according to what made the most sense. So, are they, are they color coded? Maybe you kept my life running, and I know exactly <laughs> how you did it. Someone asked, "Did Brett think you wouldn't ever find out?" I think I had I had hoped you wouldn't. I hoped that you wouldn't find out because I knew. I have to stop reasoning with logic because um, I'm, I'm speaking from both past tense and present because I've, I've learned a lot of things about my behavior. So I think it's fair to everybody that I f- focus on speaking from like that exact moment. Correct. They want to know what happened yeah. in that moment. Um, did I ever think you would find out? They asked, did they think that I wouldn't find out? I knew it, it. I knew the entire time in the back of my head, you would always find out. That never scared you, hey? Oh, it scared the shit out of me. And yet you still did it. It's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Something about that to me is fascinating. And I think we've talked about this so much throughout the course of the time we've been together, but our brains work so differently. Like the way I perceive a situation and the way I think of the big picture, I try to think ahead to understand the various routes and the consequences that could come with each choice. And I make very calculated decisions based on that. So I've always thought it's fascinating that you shoot from the hip in the worst possible way at all the wrong times. What, what do you mean by shoot by shoot from the hip? You wait to the last second and then you make the poorest decision possible without ever thinking of what comes after. I don't think I waited till the last second to make. Well, no, I mean, I, you're right. I would to some wait. extent. You did calculate your actions. Like there had to be work to have an affair. Like you had to put an effort to have the affair. You had to hide it from me. You had to make up calculated lies. Like there was a lot that stemmed into that. Yeah. I just think that ultimately it's fascinating that you had so many chances to stop or think twice and you never thought about like how it would impact our kids or what that would do to the entirety of their life. And if you did, you didn't care enough to stop. I thought about it. I did. I did. I did. I, I thought about the kids constantly. I thought about them before I made the choice. I thought about them while I was thinking about making the choice. But never uh, enough to stop. I thought about them after. There was something more powerful driving what I did than the love that I had for my family and doing right by them and the thought of fucking up their life. Yeah, there was something, um, something really sick and unhealthy that just... Therapy is going to do you wonders, dude. Yeah. I think it's so hard for me to relate because I everything I do is with my kids in mind. Every fucking step I take is making sure that it's in their best interest. What do you think the difference between you and I is? I think I have this very, very deep understanding for how life works in the big picture. And we've talked about this, how I have that very deep appreciation for the fact that like every single day could be your last. And that means that every decision I make has to be with that in mind because I never want to have to look back or think that I didn't make the right choice at the right time and not have the chance to change it or do differently. I have such a fucking gnawing, nagging remembrance of that every damn day. Do you think that I didn't contemplate or think about the future at all? No, I think you did. 
but I don't think you truly understood it. I think there's a difference between surface glossing it like you do the same way that in the past when we've been through shit, you would just gloss it over, hoping it would make itself better, hoping that the problem would go away eventually. But you didn't actually have like that deep-rooted understanding that like your actions would influence that end result. They were like completely separate universes in your head. I learned that over time with each passing mistake. You never actually understood the depth or the gravity of your choices. I, I, I'm just thinking because like that couldn't be further from the truth of what was going on inside my head. But what did happen is that all of my actions and every choices that I made showed you what you just described. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that was not what was going on inside my head. And I didn't know how to get the shit, the bad shit out and let the good shit come forward. That's fair. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get to a good question. How did Cassidy find out about the affair and how long did it last? Isn't that a question for you? Yeah. How'd that's you, what I said. This is a good one for me out? to answer. Oh. oh, I'll never forget. So it was November 2nd, 2022. It was a Wednesday. It was like nine o'clock in the morning and Elena's surgery was exactly two weeks out. And I had texted you that morning asking you to give me a call because I had to arrange a couple of pre-op appointments for her the following week heading into her surgery. And I wanted to see if we could balance the schedule of taking her between the two of us so I could get some work done. You could do one of them, whatever that might be. You know, we've always had read receipts on. We've always shared location. A couple hours passes and you still haven't read the text. I'm like, okay, maybe he's just really busy at work. But now I'm like, I really need to get this shit scheduled. Like I need to get the ball rolling on getting this stuff scheduled. I need to get a hold of you. Check your location. It says you're still at work. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe he's got his work phone on him. He always has it on him when he's at work. So I think I texted your work phone first and you didn't answer for a bit. And then I called it because now I'm getting irritated. Now it's a couple hours past and I'm just like, there's no way you haven't checked a single phone. So you finally sent something about dealing with a work emergency or some bullshit like that. And I'm like, okay, great. So I really need to get a hold of you. You need to like pause whatever you're doing for like five seconds and just give me a quick call so we can go over scheduling stuff next week. And you kept giving me some line of shit about being in a ceiling, dealing with some type of emergency. And I knew right then and there. It was fucking sus. But then it got really good because I got a transaction notice for one of our credit cards um, that there had been like $24 spent at Fuel Cafe, which is like 15 minutes from your job. And I'm like, mm, nope, something's really fucking weird. And at this point, I told you, I think I texted your work phone. I said, you have five minutes to fucking call me. And I think you probably at that point did call me if I remember correctly. Yeah, I did. And I asked you about it and you tried to tell me that a coworker took your card to go pick up lunch for everybody or some shit like that. I'm like, good, go pick up your phone and read the text and call me from your personal phone because I knew right then and there you were full of shit. I knew you weren't where you said you were. And I figured at that point you had left your phone at work to try to make it look le- look at make it look less suspicious. Yeah, which I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you must have forgotten you married fucking the most intelligent person aside from Einstein. The super sleuth. <laughs> just kidding. So at then and right then and there, I knew something was fucking off. And you just kept digging yourself a dig like a deeper fucking hole of bullshit. 
And at that point, I roped in Haley and I was like, Haley, I'm not buying this shit. Like something's off. For those of you who don't know, Haley's a good friend of mine. We've been friends for years and I actually work with Haley too. But her and I are sleuthy as fuck when we really need to be. So Haley's like, you know what? I got an idea. Let's just call the restaurant and ask who he was there with. Like, let's just, let's ask. And no one really remembered. So I'm like, okay, well, they'll email a receipt. And because we had the same shared credit card, sure as shit, they emailed the receipt. And all it took was for me to see that the check was one of two. And I knew you were fucking full of shit. So then I called the restaurant back and I'm like, hey, what's the name of the person on the other check? And they gave it to me. They gave me her name. Well, her first name. And then I called you out. And right then and there, I called you and I asked you point blank. And I asked you who she was. And it was silent. And I'll never forget it because I knew right then and there our marriage was over. Like in that moment on that call, I knew our marriage was over. I think in that moment, we both felt that same way. Yeah. Yeah. I think I hung up the phone. As soon as I saw that you had texted my work phone and asked me to call you, I knew right then and there that you knew. Um, but I still kept lying. Mm-hmm. And you tried to, to dig such a deep hole of bullshit and you thought I would buy it, which was so funny to me. I I didn't think you would buy it. You want it, My unhealthy tactic was lie, lie, lie. I hope she buys it. Yeah. So finally, I think I didn't even speak to you after that. You came home and the first thing I said to you is pack your shit and leave. I don't even think I gave you the time of day or the breath to go beyond that because I didn't fucking care. I don't even remember what happened in that first like 24 hours because I was so fucking scared. And yeah, yeah. I remember asking you if you had slept with her and you'd lied initially until I found her myself. Yeah. And then I reached out to her fiance because this chick's engaged, which is a whole different ballpark. And he was like, yeah, I knew about it. We're in an open relationship, yada, yada. But we were under the impression you were under, you were in an open relationship as well, because that's what Brett had told her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this is fucking wild. I've got one chick who knows that we're cutting my kid's head open in two weeks and she's over here fucking my husband. And then I've got him who's fucking her while I'm at home stressing, trying to figure out how to arrange the logistics of cutting my kid's skull open. And I'll never forget the rage I felt towards you in that moment. Like just the fucking disrespect and the audacity was so fucking surreal. I destroyed everything and we were headed into a, one of the most difficult things any parent can do. And I made it a thousand times fucking worse for you. Dude, you set that shit on fire before it even started. Fire is a nice term for it. <clears throat> so I'll never forget the rage I felt. I remember talking to her and she was so apologetic and... I believed her. I felt I actually felt bad for her because it was even creepier because after I think what it lasted three weeks with you guys or something, that's as far as it got. Yeah. You only met like what, three, four times and three times. Had sex once or twice. I don't even know. But she was like so apologetic, but she was also like creepishly over the moon in love with you. And I just that was a fucking number of red flags in itself because the last thing I need is some creeper who's like obsessed with my husband. That was more than I could handle because I could barely stand my own skin at that point. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. That was wild. And then, you know, she was really respectful and said she would, you know, let it be. And just she was going to step away and be respectful of the situation we were in and that I was blindsided. 
But we'll get into that later because another neither of you could even manage that part either. Let's just hop into the next question because I'm sure we'll get to some of this nitty gritty shit in the next podcast or even later. All right. So, Brett, were there any feelings of remorse prior to Cass finding out? Yeah. What did that feel like? I would I would have been fucking vomiting with guilt. I I felt it. I mean, if you're going to talk about like a physical feeling, uh, it felt like I wanted to constantly throw up and shit my pants at the same time. Um, Maybe that's what you were showing fucking stomach problems. I was also like just consistently like on edge, shaky, no appetite, couldn't eat. Like it was like, I don't know. It was a, it was a type of fear and remorse and, I guess the part that floors me, though, is that you had slept with her the week prior, the week of my guide launch, which I'll also never forget because you knew how on eggshells I was. You knew that I was like chomping at the bit. I was stressed as fuck about it. Like I had put my heart and soul into that. I was up till midnight, like five days a week writing that guide. And it meant the world to me. And I'll never forget that you chose the two days prior to that launch to fuck her. And the part that really sends me is that you met her a week later. So you obviously didn't feel that much fucking remorse. I mean, you went to lunch with her, took time out of your work day. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean I didn't feel remorse. Shit, when I feel remorse, I want the I want to toggle the fuck away. Like, I guess I can't speak for you because I've never cheated on someone. I've never even come close. I would never contemplate it. I know how destructive it can be to the other person and just like the trauma that instills long term. I've never even come close to contemplating it. How far until we get to the question that says, why did I cheat? We got a while. Okay, so uh, I could I could go off and answer this question and a lot of other questions right now, but right. I'll try and stay focused. You need to ask the question one more time because we didn't answer it. You said, that were there any feelings of remorse prior to Cass finding out? And you said yes. You said you were sick to your stomach, et cetera. I don't think answering a simple yes is- You said you were sick to your stomach and like- I, I said that- um, where I'm going with that is I don't think answering a simple yes is a sufficient enough answer. Like, yes, I, I felt more remorse and more guilt and dread and fear than I have felt in my entire life. Um, I don't, I didn't have the skills to fucking deal with that. I wanted to tell you, like I had several opportunities after I cheated on you to come forward and, tell you before you found out and for various reasons that we'll get to later like i just didn't have the fucking balls and i couldn't man up and just be honest with you we had sex the next morning for like the first time in so long that i initiated and in hindsight that gives me such a fucking ick (laughs) such a fucking ick i mean it gives me such an ick right now but (laughs) i think you want to know what i was you want to know what i felt when we did that I almost felt relief because like the, the feeling that I had been chasing was, and we'll get to it. I won't, this is a different question, but I, the feeling I was chasing, uh, through other women, uh, I wasn't getting it from them. I mean, I was, but not, and everyone's going to think, Oh, he was getting love and emotions. No, we'll get there. 
Um, Baby, you go get them. As long as I meet someone else that makes a million dollars a year. Yeah. So goodbye. It, it was never about <laughs> love and emotions. Um, but like when we when we slept together that next morning, like the feeling of relief I had, we hadn't done that in so long, and that's all I wanted. But like that's not your fault. Like I, we had sex all the time. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Actually, our sex life had gotten better never, than ever, which is the part that floors me. Yeah, I know. It got, it got, it did get better. No, I mean, prior to me knowing you were cheating. Yes. Yay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You need a really expensive shrink, dude. I like a really fucking expensive shrink. Uh, maybe more than one. Oh my God. Something. But, <sighs> but that's what I felt. And I, I get it. Like, that's a really fucked up thing to feel in that moment, especially after the choice that I made in, you know. In those moments, did you ever think about how it impact Cass and your family or how it would hurt her? What about your extended families? Uh, I think or siblings the, or parents. I think the extended families, um, not really. Uh, but w- when it came to contemplating making the choice to do those things, to text other women um, every year, like every six months, I would have an, an emotional affair. Mm-hmm. And it was never your fault. It was always me. No, I'm not owning your shit. <laughs> just to, no, and you shouldn't have to. And just anybody to, that and we'll starts, get to that because we're going to clear that later. Well, but that's in a different episode where we're. where no, it's later in this one. I'm going to I'm going to cap one? that with this one. Okay, I'm going to clear that air real fucking fast because that shit gonna, pisses me off. Hey, okay, but I know there's a later episode where I think both you and I, at least with these first, we'll three, talk more about the marriage itself. Yeah, but where I think both you and I will become unhinged. Um. How has your family handled this? Yeah. So as far as like external family uh, or, or thinking about family. Extended. Extended family. No, I didn't really think about the extended family. Yeah. At times, like here and there. But how did the, they handle that, it? Well, no, no. People want to know how they handled it. I didn't answer the first question yet because the other thing was, did I ever think about cast for my family or the kids? Yes, I did. We kind of already answered that. Yeah. I mean, we did. But but how's your family handled it? Your extended family, your sisters, your parents? Not well. <laughs> yeah, not well to say the least. Um, for the first couple of weeks, I think because they had been seeing what you have been posting on social media. There they, was a lot of hard feelings surrounding that. Yeah, they had a lot of hard feelings towards you. And at the time, like I was going through my own like rock bottom moment. And well, I'm I sure just, they were, were going to kill yourself. Yeah. And I just didn't have the mental capacity to just like even talk to them about how they were handling the situation. And so what happened was when you started posting on social media, what my family members started doing is they started getting mad at you, mm-hmm. which was not, that's, that's not the place where anger or blame should go in this situation. I mean, I'll take what I've dished out. That's the thing. Like, I knew that that would come with consequences and there'd be hard feelings surrounding it, which is also partly why I did it. Because ultimately, my end goal with that was to make sure I shed a really ugly light on the reality of our situation. And the more people got mad at me about being honest, the more I realized how toxic this marriage was because everyone was mad at me about being honest about the action that you put us in. So had I not said anything, everything would still be kosher, which I think is fucking ironic in hindsight, because as long as you would have kept your dick in your pants and your shit where it belonged, we wouldn't have been there. That's true. We wouldn't have been there. So you knew when I headed into this that my end goal was to make sure that I painted a very vivid picture of the reality, because I think so many people are under the impression that you were perfect or that 
no, perfect isn't the right term, but people thought you were a great husband. You know, my, the external, like what social, I'll say what social medias are, the outside world, what outside of our home saw was a very put together, well manicured, perfect man. And I think both of us, you protected me a lot throughout the last 10 years. And to the point where there's a lot of stuff that people don't know about, and I don't know if we'll ever discuss it. Maybe we will. Uh, you're unhinged. So I would assume so. Uh, whether I get to discuss that with you or not, I have no fucking idea. You know that's my okay. policy on what I, what I talk about. I only talk about things that directly impact me. I won't discuss your shit unless it's actually personally hurt me or changed my life. Okay. But yeah, I mean. All right. So why did you have an affair? Hmm. Is this a new, are we under a new color category? Yes. Okay. What are, read off, maybe you should just read how many questions are in there. Maybe you should just read them all. Cause I, I have a pretty long There's answer 10. to this. There's 10. What's the first two? Why did you have an affair? And what was the tipping point that Brett decided to actually cheat? Maybe I'll start combining them like that. I mean, that's a good question, but I, yeah. So I'll answer that. In a, I'm going to answer this first question and probably eight of the other ones on your list will get answered. Um, so for, for Cassie's listeners, I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent right now <laughs> and I'm going to get lost going through it. So I'm going to ask Cass to help drag me back and center me. Um, All right. So why'd you have the affair? What was the tipping point that made you decide to actually cheat? Okay. Yeah. That, two questions. Um, why did I cheat? A lot of people think that this, the answer what do you think the a lot of people think the answer is because they assume we weren't happy in our marriage yeah they assumed it was a direct correlation of like us and what do you say to that i think in most marriage scenarios that's definitely one of the like underlying causes and i think to some extent that probably did play a part for you but i think it's wild how much we were on different pages on how we viewed our marriage too yeah so i was unhappy but not with our relationship that you were just unhappy period yeah there's a difference so i cheated right i cheated on you and that was something i never thought i would do so i didn't understand why i did it after i did it after it happened like the one the biggest fear that i had was I knew that I didn't I always get screwed up with double negatives in sentences. So um, me cheating had nothing to do with me not loving you or not having an emotional connection with you. So it wasn't the typical thing that everyone thought or thinks when someone cheats, right? There was an aspect of me feeling unloved, but that had nothing to do with you at all. I mean, it did. I think there was to some extent we were at a place in our marriage where. When I say it had nothing to do with you, I mean, it it wasn't because you weren't giving me love. You, you were giving me love, but it had everything to do with me feeling un, unloved or That's unlovable. Fair. Um, That's fair. So I cheated on you. The rest of the world also, I cheated on you. The rest, everyone also knows that when you kicked me out a week later, I went and slept with another woman mm -hmm. and it was someone that I had, uh, we'll call it a texting affair. 
with, uh, like for like two years prior to, to everything shit hitting the fan. And you know, what's wild is I didn't even connect the dots that that was going on that long until you slept with her. Yeah. I mean, like what had happened, like, I mean, she just, she would disappear for a very long time and then we'll get to why I kept going back. Um, I forgot where I left off. Same. What was I saying? <laughs> Great. Someone listening is going to be like, ah, yeah, yeah, it was right here. You're really um, fuck if I know. But uh, so I slept with the other woman. But when I when I slept with her and afterwards, I got nothing from it. Nothing. I mean, besides me reaming your fucking ass. I mean, I got that. Like what it did is is you started you laid into me. Well, yeah, you showing up at my fucking house at three a.m. ain't gonna do it, buddy. Yeah, there's a lot of fucked up things about it, and I ain't gonna do it, buddy. When that situation culminated, I went back to to Luke's house, and I must have sat there the entire day. Poor fucking Luke. Honest to God, he's probably so sick of dealing with your fucking shit. I mean, I closed the door. Luke I did, just Luke he's still probably me. so. You know how many times that I've had to be like, go fucking stay at Luke's, and he's probably like, dude. Get the fuck out of my house. Twice. <laughs> I'm like, get the fuck out of my house. Um, I must have spent the entire day just not understanding why the fuck I was making the decisions that I was. And that moment, what it did for me is it propelled me into finally, for once in my fucking life, trying to find help on my own rather than trying, like, letting everyone else fix my mistakes for me mm-hmm. or me saying sorry and temporarily putting a bandaid on the situation um, and then never following through with any action. But like I was literally rock bottom. And like one thing that happened for me is I didn't know how I realized, like I didn't know what was wrong and I didn't know how to help myself. And I was so fucking scared. Right. Mm -hmm. Because one, I cheated on you. Mm -hmm. A thing I never wanted to do because I loved you. Emotional connection. And for the most part, we didn't have a bad relationship. I'm almost at all. not sure you're capable of an emotional affair, to be honest. I don't think it's in like your just general makeup. Why? I'm not doubting you, but but I'm also not claiming that that's true. I I want to know why. No, maybe you are. I just don't think in the very back of my mind, I always kind of figured you'd be capable of physically cheating. But ultimately, I think that of any man, I think any man is actually capable of it. I don't care how good they think they are or they say they are. I think any man is capable of physically cheating. I don't think certain men are capable of emotionally cheating, though. Okay. That makes sense. That, That does make sense. Like, I don't. I think you were. I think we were too still ultimately like in love with each other and too much just partners yeah. For you to have like the bandwidth for it, quite frankly. Well, I can tell you what, like any, so I, I did every like six months. And we're, they weren't even necessarily getting, emotionally affairs. I think you were just looking for someone to like stroke your fucking ego. Yeah. We're also getting sidetracked. So I'm going to go back to my story because, because my story leads to this conversation. Um, so what I did is like, I, I was in that place of. I, I was freaking out. I didn't know what was wrong. I was depressed. My life was falling apart. I wasn't getting to see my kids. Like I, every bad thought. And it's like, it's like, if you have a bad thought, 
a lot of people kind of stop themselves at that first bad thought. Yeah, most people just like cry on the couch when they're having a bad day and realize how much their life sucks. They don't like go out and fuck other people. That still floors me. What I did is I started having the bad thoughts about losing you, the kids, everything like that. And it it went to like down Alice's rabbit hole of worst case scenarios for everything. And at that point- That place is cooler than this. Don't compare it to that. What place is cooler? Alice's rabbit hole is cooler than this hellhole. I mean, unless you get stuck in the Queens like jail. That'd still be fucking cooler than this. Johnny Depp's the real MVP. You need no, he's be- the Mad Hatter. Yeah, but just kidding. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I went down Alice's rabbit hole and not to the kid friendly movie version that we all like. <laughs> um and I realized like I like, dude, I'm down here and I don't know what's wrong. And so so, that rock bottom fucking hurt, hey? Yeah, I thought I had been at rock bottom. I told you you hadn't. No, you you were. I had warned you for years mm-hmm. that you wouldn't like how it felt. Yeah. Somehow I never, I never picked up on, I never picked up on what you were telling me. And so at that point I, I started searching for, um, I know there's questions later about like, how am I helping myself? Mm-hmm. Um I said, this one question is going to answer a lot of other ones. Um, so I remembered back to what you did when, uh, when Elena started having issues, we didn't know what was wrong. Right. And we got some misdiagnoses, diagnoses. I can't say that. Cause I mean, they're not, I don't think they were dead on either. Yeah. Um, but you joined Facebook groups or you went searching for Facebook groups of like, what is, you know, to figure out what was wrong with Elena. So, in some like moment, like something told me to go do that. And so I went out and the funny part is, is I actually Googled, um, support. What did I Google? I Googled support groups for husbands that cheated on their wives and didn't want to <laughs> like that's You should frame, you that should print is, that and frame it. If you go back, <laughs> if you go back a few weeks in my, my search history, that's what you'll, you'll see. I mean, like, it sounds like a ridiculous question, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. if you think about that, you go, why the fuck would someone cheat on their wife if they didn't want to? But that's my point. I think that's where you and I were so vastly different. I just, yeah. I didn't have any comprehension of your mindset. Yeah. And that's like, when I typed that question into Google, that's when I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, there, I am a damaged person. Yeah. Um, and so I found a group, joined it committed to it for a year right off the bat. Mm-hmm. This, this was after doing extensive research on multiple groups, different things I could do, local treatment, like literally inpatient treatment for like mental health help. Like I was looking at shit like that. I was like, I don't know what's going to help me, but I have to find something. Um, yeah. I think imploding your life is probably a good telltale. And, it's time to but but I all, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I also have to give you credit where credit is due. For 10 years, you were trying to tell me that, hey, dude, I need you to 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 fulfill these relationship needs. And you, you're like, you have things you need to work on. Like, this is hurting me. Like, you were trying to tell me for 10 years how much pain you were in. And I, I, I cared. But on the same level, it's like I didn't know how to care. I still to this day think you're a narcissist. I know you do. But I don't think so. That's the most narcissistic thing I've ever heard. 
like you literally just took. No, the the narcissistic thing to say there. Uh, well, I will tell you what I mean by that, and then I know everybody what you meant by that. But that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like if you take it for like what what you just did, like people who don't haven't done extensive research on narcissism, like you have in the last couple months, they don't get it. But it's like, yeah, a narcissist would say that's not me, and they believe it. But what I'm telling you is. I'm not a narcissist, but I do have narcissistic behaviors. Absolutely. Yeah. Through and through. So there's, there is a difference. Um, Let's get to some more questions. We got a long way to go. Hold I'm going to answer all these questions with my story. Some of these I don't think you're going to expect. Okay. And I think people want them addressed individually. So like, don't ramble too much because I want to be able to say them so people know that we did address them. So I'll cut to the, ch- do you want me to cut to the Jason? Yes. So why did I cheat? It's because I, I, for, um, the group helped me realize this. Unless um, I prompt you to like tangent, like try to get to the point. Okay. My bad. I mean, this is my first time on your podcast. So, and this is your first episode. So I'm fucking brilliant though. You, you are brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, why did I cheat? Because I believed I was unlovable. Um, so through a lot of a lot of extensive self-reflection and a lot of emotional and vulnerability work and try and tackling my insecurities. Um, what I learned is that I have an insecurity of believing that I'm unlovable. And so what to get to everyone's question, why did I cheat? What that did is when I was younger, right? My dad traveled a lot and just so everyone knows, I have since spoken to my parents about this since realizing it. And it was a very good conversation, actually. I'm sure it was hard. Um, none of this is their fault, but this is what happened. Okay. I think one thing to note off the bat is that so much of our childhood and the things that we experience, whether they're intentional or not, can shape us. And that's the hardest part of parenting because you can't make perfect kids and you can't be a perfect parent. Yeah. I think your parents thought they were doing the best they could and they were. But ultimately, the, yeah, I think like we, you asked my first question, like what's, what was my motive for coming on this podcast? And I'm hoping like right now, this is kind of like, I'm realizing, like, I hope that like, I can help people understand, like, y- like you need to deal with your insecurities and the way that people have t- been teaching you to deal with them is it's not right. If you've worked through them, goddamn share every, however you got through them, tell everybody how you did. I don't have any. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm just I, I'm I, fucking I, kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, like, if you have insecurities, Cass, they are ones that do not like cripple your existence and how you function. Like no, I think I just, people. I think I dissociate. <laughs> so, uh, whatever. I, I think I, when I, they kick in, I'm like, oh, this doesn't exist. Let's move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I had this unlo- this insecurity that I developed early on in childhood. And so this insecurity I've been carrying around for 20 plus years, I have a a lot of other insecurities that, um, for, for other ones specifically that I've identified since I've joined this group and I'm working on them, but specifically to answer the question, like that unlovable feeling, there's a point in my life between the ages of 14 to 17, where my dad was traveling a fuck ton for work. Wasn't it like 40 some weeks out of the year or something insane like that? I don't know what percentage is 40 some weeks out of the year. Well, he had 50, there's 52 weeks in a year. So I, I'm not going to do that math. That's a lot. That's a, that's, that would that's be 75% like of the year. That's 70%, 75% of the year. 
I mean, yeah, like the way that I break it down in my head is at any time he was gone for two to three weeks out of every month. Mm -hmm. And that was for at least three to four years of my life. And that was during- But also in a pivotal time in your life too. Yeah, that was when I was going through puberty and I I was trying to find my place in the world. Is that why you're still a 19-year-old? I mean, emotionally, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, emotionally, yes, I am. Uh, on some levels, still a 19 year old because I'm carrying along with me the insecurities that I developed when I was 19. Uh, I'm like kidding, but not. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I know that. <laughs> kidding, but the, not. the funny thing is, is that I know that you're kidding, but Ooh. I'm not. I'm I'm being serious. I'm carrying. Let's get to the next. We have not made any, and it's been 20 minutes. You gonna let me answer the question, please? Can I answer? Answer it. it. Okay. Goddamn. So, but between 14 and 17 felt very unloved. My insecurity, dad was traveling a lot, two to three weeks out of every month. Uh, my mom and my sisters were extremely have, uh, into competitive horseback riding. So they were constantly sharing that hobby. Um, and I felt very alone, very, very alone. And the context that I gave myself, like that little Brett gave himself, was that dad's job and money were more important than him. Okay. Yeah. And I'm able to talk about that now without crying. I can't because as a parent, I still can't stomach it. Like when, when my perspective is so much different having kids specifically having a son and a daughter. Yeah. One thing that your listeners need to understand that in order for me to go to a, a vulnerable place to deal with that insecurity of that unlovable feeling and the context that little Brett developed around it. I had to, I had to go through a really scary process. One that I hadn't done for 30 years. I had never done emotional work to, to deal with my insecurities and you're having sex with people is not emotional work. No, it's not. That's, that's cope. That's really unhealthy coping. (laughs) Um, and so you have to understand to do the, the, the work to get through an insecurity, even a layer of it. It's, it's a really, it's a scary fucking process. It's dark. And if anybody ever, if anybody ever wants to hear about it, I'm willing to talk about it. I think it's important to the people know that like, and all the time I've known you to some extent, I, you've always been an extremely emotional person. I don't mean that in a bad way or like in a negative connotation. I just simply mean that I was always aware that you were someone that had feelings that were present and that they needed to be acknowledged. Cass, that's everyone. No, it's not necessarily because I, to some extent think I'm much less emotional than you. Like I just don't have the same capability to be. Well, yeah, it's because of the way that I had been acting for 10 years forced you to be the masculine one in the relationship and you had to hold shit together and push your your own emotions to the side because I was falling apart. I mean, probably, but I just don't, I think to some extent, I'm just not, it's not there for me. And I think that's been long even before you. And I think part of that is just experiences and I think trauma does that to people. I think there's some level of like dissociation there, but I just, I don't have the same, like the way you were experiencing things and how you channeled it. It just wasn't there for me. Like I just, I didn't, you know what I mean? I was able to power through and figure it out. And I I just, yeah, that does make sense. Like 
I, I commend you. And I'm I mean, actually, Al almost dying last year. We we both handled it vastly different. Oh, greatly different. That played a huge part in our marriage downfall. Yeah. But I think that has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. All right, let's get into. I'm still going to answer the question. Jesus Christ, would you answer before I die? I, you, we literally still have. Oh, Jesus fucking we Christ! Off, it's fine. It's all right. We went off on a tangent. Um, but during that time where I felt very alone in my family, um, one thing that happened is that was during. Can you stop making that noise, please? No, I can hear it. Okay, so one thing that happened during the. One thing that happened during that that time period um, where I felt very alone was it, it was the first time I got an actual girlfriend, right? And so she was essentially in a time where I felt the most unloved and alone in my own family. She was the only person that gave me any validation um, and made me feel loved or that my emotions mattered or that I actually existed, and so through that, like what I did is it's a whole nother topic, but I'm like, right for 20 plus years, I've haven't been able to internally validate or accept my own internal wins. Um, so I relied on the exterior world completely for any level of my happiness. I wasn't capable of internal happiness. At I all. legit wonder how two people like you and I end up together. I'm so polar opposite. I don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> like I, if someone's like, I'm proud of you, I'm like, thanks. Great. But like, I just, I'm glad like that, that <laughs> like that have for you to feel that way and have that level of like emotional and mental freedom. That's a part. You know, what's funny. I didn't even know freedom. what that actually was until you started doing your own emotional work. I just thought I was a raging bitch. who just didn't give a shit. Like, no, it's just that you don't need other people's validation. I just didn't give a fuck. I'm like, sure. Why not? Like, and so, so through this insecurity, right. I felt unloved, wasn't capable of validating myself, wasn't capable, didn't have any confidence, right? Wasn't capable of loving myself, which is all those are very important. And so, but I learned to get them through my girlfriend at the time. She was the also the first person that I was sexual with. So like her soul. add that to, uh, <laughs> to make things more complicated. <laughs> and so her and I, we dated for... I don't know, five years, five, six years. And then we broke up and what had happened is like, I lost all of my um, form of feeling good about myself, any form of external validation, any form of validation actually, cause I couldn't do it myself. And so from that point, like I, I immediately started, you know, reaching out to women and just seeking all the forms of validation that I could. The easiest way that it came to me was through, through women. Um, and then when you and I first started dating, if you remember back when, I don't know if you remember, but you were actually better friends with my roommates mm -hmm. than me. And you and I kind of, we kind of butt heads a little I bit. I thought you were a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, I should have stuck with that. <laughs> uh, so, I think, not I think, what happened was is I went into our relationship already not feeling good enough for you. Because you have to remember the only place that I can get validation from or feeling good about myself is externally. And you weren't giving it to me, at least not fully. No, right? I mean, initially, especially. Initially. I thought you were just. Yeah. And so 
like it's you started giving it more and more to me the more we the longer we started dating we also stayed friends first yes we did um but i went into the relationship already kind of not feeling good enough or, or not validated right and i needed that external to feel anything and so we had our first so note to self just get you a rotating roster of women to text you and say your dick is big no that's not got it. it. No, it has no. It's not sexual. But that's fucking hysterical if you think about it. Because that's exactly how it played out. I mean, that is how in it, layman's terms. If you put it very, I just gotta find a bunch of desperate women to text you every once in a while and be like, "Hey, your dick is great. Thank you." you and that would have saved our marriage. You're lessening the significance of. But if what's I would have like, on. if I would have just like, <laughs> I just have to like put a humorous spin on it. <laughs> like in theory, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean. I, Okay. I'm actually going to do that in my next marriage. Like, I'm going to be like, hey, dude, so I got a roster of women for you. We'll text you every once in a while, let you know your dick is big and that you look great. Don't do that. Just don't fucking cheat on me because I'll get you killed. No, don't do that. I'm never getting married again. You missed the joke in the first place. That I, never again. I got the joke, but I was like, just don't do that. Make sure you put this in the podcast. Because I'm fucking. So we had our first. So fast forward. We had our first fight, right? I don't had, remember what the fuck it was. It had nothing to do about with other women. Like that wasn't no, it was just a fight topic. And so what I did is because I had a bad thing, like to people, to, to make people understand if I do a really good job at, on a project at work and I know that I won't accept it myself until somebody else also tells me that I did a good job. So that's like the type of like not being able to love myself or internally validate that I'm talking about. And that's everywhere in my life. I mean, for, for the me, past, I figure, for the past 20 years, I mean, I figure for me, as long as I'm getting paid, that means I'm doing a good job at work. So I mean, that didn't, like if I haven't no, gotten fucking fired, no. I'm not doing that fucking terrible. No. no, I mean, it was to the point where I was living in constant fear of being fired all the time. I mean, I live like that too, but that's just, I think that's millennials with people pleasing their so, parents. So we had our first fight, nothing to do with, had nothing to do. Where are we going with this? No we have so many questions left. My natural reaction, my natural reaction was to then go seek validation because, yes, stick your because, dick in other people. Because, no, because I wasn't getting it from you. I could have gotten the validation from anywhere, but the problem was is that I had learned to attach it to women. Yes, so sticking your dick in things. Yeah, so strongly before you, and it came so, like I had learned to get it so easily through that avenue that that's what I did after our first fight. And then you found out about it. And then the cycle- I remember her too. She was really fucking weird. And then the cycle, <laughs> and then the cycle started, right? And so what happened was I thought I was fixing everything and essentially basically like I didn't know that a relationship is like a triangle. It's not a straight line. It's not me on one end and you on the other with my needs and your needs. No, it's a triangle with the relationship needs at the top. So every time I made a mistake, I tried to fix it, right? But the way I was fixing it was like treating being a really good fucking roommate. But not a really good. I mean, we started as roommates. We should have kept it that yeah, way, to be I, honest. I mean, but like, yeah, I, I, I hyper fixated on being a really good roommate. But what I didn't do is I didn't, I literally filled, I fulfilled none of the relationship needs after a mistake. I made no changes to fix the relationship. And so what that did is I was hyper fixating on, on roommate needs. So every six to nine months, what would happen is I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, and I, also, I and I, in my defense too, I think that my toxic trait is that my expectations are low. Like I just, in terms they're not of, low. 
oh, honey, you got me fucked up. If you think no, that- your, your tolerance for my bullshit was really high because of us still having a good relationship. But I think in general, just like and some women have higher expectations. They expect a lot. They expect like date nights every week. And if not, it's an, it's, it's dead off. If they don't get flowers every week or whatever, props to them for having those tight boundaries. For me, I'm like, thanks. You remembered a birthday gift the first time in three years. Like I'm like, cool. Oh, so you're talking about extreme expectations. It's just like the relationship expectations, like what yeah. it takes to court your significant other. Well, I mean, if like, if that's someone's need, if like, that's what someone needs out of their relationship needs, then that's what they need. I mean, I think to my toxic trait is that my needs stemmed from a very like weird financial security place. Like I expected you to put in a shit at load of work yeah. at work because I wanted you to succeed in your career mm-hmm. the same way I wanted to succeed in mine. I wanted us to be equals. Yeah. So what happened was I didn't fulfill the relationship needs. I was being a really good roommate. And then at six to- Yeah, you did a great job of taking out the garbage. Six, I will give you props. Thanks. It was never full. Uh, six to <laughs> nine. <laughs> six to- <laughs> So six to nine months would go by after every time I made a mistake. And what would happen was I would start to get upset with you or blame you that Mm -hmm. you weren't showing me any type of more love or more external validation back. You're fucking needy. Yeah. Well, it's because I started getting, (laughs) no, you're making jokes, but I'm not. I'm fucking kidding. No, but I I appreciate that you, uh, you think it's a, I appreciate that to you. It's I think joke. it's important for people to know that like my personality is built on probably years of fucking trauma and shitty relationships though too. Okay. That's an important context. Yeah, I would agree. Um, So what happened was is then six to nine months down the road, I would, right? I expected you to be treating me differently because I thought I was fixing the problem. You wouldn't. Wiping the kids' asses is not fixing the problem, You're right. boy. It's not. I didn't. Top of the triangle didn't exist to me. And so then what happened is Man, I, I, swear to God. I would start to get angry or, you know, resentful and impatient. And I, it was like, it was like my tolerance to not receive external validation was like, I could go six to nine months without wow. receiving validation. And then I would All right. cheat. Next question. Next couple questions. I'm going to roll these together because we're taking fucking forever. I probably answered a bunch of them already. Not even. We didn't answer a single fucking one of these. (laughs) Okay, go. Rapid fire. Do you think the stress of Al's upcoming surgery triggered you? Yes. Hmm. Absolutely. You want to know what it triggered me to do? What? Make more money. (laughs) Yeah. You know what it triggered me to do? You stick your dick in other people. Yes. Yeah. 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 For me, I was like, shit, this is going to be expensive as fuck. Like 15, 20K later. Fuck. Yeah. So I started freaking out about it. And note to self instead to solve my problems, I need to get laid by someone who's not my husband. Yeah. Okay. How many times have you cheated, Brett? Well, it depends what kind of cheating. All of it. It's all cheating in my book. You already know how I operate. The second you look at someone else, it's not me without my fucking wherewithal. It's cheating. Okay. But I'm more than you can count because I can't count either. Once every year. More than that. One to two times every year was the average. Average, easily. Yeah. And so, but for people that- Context, that's emotional, texting, sending dick pics, receiving people's titties. So people who need, it's important that you have the context. Well, no shit. I would have killed you if you cheated on me that many times physically. You'd have been dead years ago. So that was (laughs) never meeting up with anybody. That was one to two times per year. Yep. And then- Physical cheating was this last time. That's the only time I think I know of, right? Yes. That I know of. 
Is the important context there? Well, it's the only thing that I know of unless I had a really (laughs) horrible bender one evening and just blacked out and just. I think I was probably with you for the bender, so probably not. I I mean. All right. How many? Let's see. No. Did the fact that Cass makes more money than you have anything to do with you cheating? No. No, I was. I'm fucking proud of her. Like I'm going to me is so on, fucking no, misogynistic. Because, hold on, what we're going to do, <laughs> what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to look uh-huh. right at this camera and I'm going to tell you I'm damn proud of her <laughs> because I watched her build a business from the ground up. I watched you go through being like, like you, you were subjected to a lot of sexist shit at the previous place you worked before you left. I would agree. And you left there and you were, you were just, if I felt what you felt, you know what I would have done? I would have hired a hooker. <laughs> like, You're probably ten out of ten not wrong. That's because that's the type of validation that uh, comes the easy. My like, validation poof. came from making sure that I was making I, more money. I would have year after year. Yeah, if if I left that job or was subjected to that shit, you fucking handled that. And what I watched you do afterwards is I watched you. You were at such a low point in your career. I hated it. And I was miserable. You hated it. I'll never you, forget sitting you, on a rooftop with Haley and her being like, bitch, you know what? Come work for me. You're miserable as shit. Let's just, let's fuck around. And I'm like, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. I'll be broke as fuck and I will make it work. I'll leave my salary job to work for you, Haley. Sounds great. I mean, in hindsight, I remember you walking through that decision, but to everyone's point. Bless Haley for that. You do, you do make more money than me. But I watched her build something from the ground up that is completely and solely yours. And I am so goddamn proud of it. And what I did for you during that time. You fucked me, but not in the good way. Yeah. Yes, I fucked you. (laughs) (laughs) Not in a good way. That's not funny. Um, But what I did for you in that time (laughs) (laughs) is I made sure that that was like in the middle, right before COVID hit. And so I was like, I got to make sure I keep a job because I knew what you were building. I was in the middle of self-employment, which is scary as yeah, fuck. But I knew what you were building. I, I kind of saw where, it, I think I saw where it was going to go before you. Cause I, there was like, a I, for me, the only place I wanted it to go was I wanted to be home with my kids while I raised them for a while. And I wanted to be a mom first and it allowed me to do that. I wanted to be a mom. Yeah. And that's what it gave me like the, the ability to do that. And then in hindsight, 2020, what a fucking blessing because Elle was so much work. Yeah. Like so much work. The amount of therapy and appointments and if, scans, it would have never been viable with a regular nine to five corporate job. Yeah. It would have fucked me. If you hadn't started that business, I don't know what we would have It would have fucked me. Yeah. So does you making more money? No, I'm goddamn proud of you. No, I don't think and, it had anything to do with and it. And the other thing is, is like, I at least have enough like- I you have, we also have, talked about this we knew that you were the long game yeah. and that wasn't the case for me like your career was the long game and we committed to that we knew that for me it maybe to some extent it was fast money in some ways because i could do it quickly and on my own terms and for you like you were in the corporate world but you had a really good position that led you to potential like in the long game and that was important too yeah. but we had to both write it out differently and yeah. we had to put in the work at different times so i don't resent you no. or it has nothing to do with that i don't think so either next question all right so these are i'm gonna rub together how would you feel if Cass was the one who cheated? I would feel the exact same way she does. But could you or would you have forgiven Cass if the roles were reversed? Depends on the circumstances. That's a loaded fucking question. Let's ask two directions. Well, so Had here, it been a replication of your patterns in the past 10 years, would you have forgiven me? Well, that's also you have to incorporate like 
I just had a replication of your patterns the past 10 years. Yes, but does that also include my mental state and like my path of thinking and actually how I felt about you? Yeah, all of it. It's literally roles reversed. Would you have forgiven me if and it I were- know, And I know this about you. Yes. So you're saying if you cheat, so you're saying if you cheated on me and I know about you, what I know about myself now. I don't know, actually. I don't know if that's what they meant literally. So you take it how you want. I think the question is, if you did exactly what I did, found out the same way, didn't know what you knew or didn't know what you know now, now at that time, how, what would I would have done? Yeah. I don't know. What if it were just a one-time thing? No prior context. What do you, I mean, there's always. Just the sleeping with someone one time. There's always context. It depends why. Depends why you did it. Interesting. Okay. Because like the reason for me, like what, what caused me to cheat is I, I have a fuck ton of insecurities and I, I I wasn't capable of feeling I, I just went through it all. So I grouped but, these next two questions. We already kind of answered this. Why have you continued to sleep with other women once the affair came to light? And don't you think you've really blown your chance by now? <laughs> oh, we, I, I'm pretty sure I already covered that yes. question. Uh, do I think I blew my chance by now? I do. I, I'm going to assume this is a guy because. I feel like it's a mean, very guy-esque question. Well, I mean, who who wouldn't want to just swoop in and scoop you up? Because you are you are amazing. I'm a psychopath. Let's be fucking real. You're an amazing psychopath. <laughs> I'm functional. <laughs> like I like your psychoness. Um, I forgot the question. I was just talking about how psychotic <laughs> you are. Don't uh, you think you've blown your chance by now? Oh. I think I probably blew my chance uh, the moment I asked you to start dating me. Because I went into the relationship with all those fucking insecurities and all of, all of my damagedness. So, how many other women have you slept with since I found out about the affair? Just the one. Okay. Just you lying? No. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. These are the good ones. How do you feel about your rock bottom being so public? Uh, at f- at first, like it sent me over the edge. Because because. That's what I was hoping for. I figured if I had to commemorate in misery, so should you. I mean, I do. You do realize to some extent the reason I did it was to make sure that you felt the same level of pain I did, right? Yes. Oh, not. Like, I didn't give a flying fuck how you looked. I didn't care what your family felt. I didn't care how your friends felt about me. I wanted to make sure that the hell you had put me through the last decade and the way you put your kids and I in the position we did, I wanted you to feel that same level of pain on a different on a different perspective because I couldn't obviously serve up the silver platter you served me. Yeah, no, you you were hurting, and what? But I also was sick of feeling like I was dying inside. Yes, you had been put through ten plus years of living in constant fear of when the next time you were going to be hurt was, and so when when the mistake <laughs> finally culminated, what you did is you said fuck it. And you didn't want to live in fear anymore. But I did it to force myself to hold myself accountable too, because obviously. Yeah, that's why I'm saying you said fuck it. Because- we've been through so much the past 10 years. And the hard part about that is that so many people are going to ask, well, why did you stay? And I think ultimately my toxic trait was wanting to believe you'd get better. We both wanted to believe that. And I do. I think my gut instinct has always been very strong to an extent. And I think for me, I really, really wanted to. 
put faith in the fact that you would one day figure it out. And obviously, the longer we were together, the more we had at stake. Eventually, there was a marriage. And then there was a baby. Yeah, I didn't know how to fix any of it. And then there was a sick child. And then there was a second baby. And then it just got heavier and heavier. And that got harder. I think it was harder to piece together, too. Because I would have given up so much of myself to do right by my kids. And that was hard because at some point I would have never wanted this for them. And I had to draw the line somewhere. I had to, I needed to be an example of what I would have wanted for them. The only thing I can do, like the only thing I, I, I have told you after all this happened is, yeah, I mean, we never wanted any of this to happen. You had hoped every mistake would, I would fix it. Uh, it, it never clicked for me. It took you filing for divorce for me to finally get slapped in the face hard enough to be able to see what it is I was doing to you and all of the problematic behaviors that I had. It's not that I didn't feel regretful or, or worried about you know the family and shit like that, but the problem there was that I didn't, I never did anything to fix it. And when I did try to do stuff, it wasn't the right stuff. I think the hard part for me too is knowing how much I gave up to save our marriage. Yeah. Your commitment to the kids is like, I thank you for doing that. Like you're, you're, you have not even that, but like, no, can I finish? Okay. Um, I just want to thank you for the, the, the commitment that you have to yourself. Because if you didn't have the level of commitment to you and the kids that you do have, um, I don't, you probably like wouldn't have filed for divorce. And so I just want to thank you for being so like just committed to you and the kids and your health and mental well-being and happiness and theirs. Like, thank you for, for being so committed to that to file for divorce, to do something that you really didn't want to have to do a place you never wanted your life to get to. And thank you. Seriously, Cass, thank you. There's, there's nothing else in this world. I I know that now that would have helped me see this. That makes me sad because we had to sacrifice and lose so much to make it happen. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to see that because if this didn't happen, I, uh, this would have continued on for years. And it was one of the hardest parts for me is that the way I love, loved you was so intense. Like even some of your friends I thought were so toxic for you. I still loved them and I didn't care if you kept them because they made you happy. And I always put that first. And like, you obviously know how last summer played out for me. Mm-hmm. And I lost some like really near and dear friends to my heart because ultimately I chose our marriage and they didn't agree with that. And rightfully, because obviously you fucked me so bad in the end anyway that they were right. So I'll give them credit where it's I'm, due. They were right, but not for the reasons that they thought they were right. Yeah. I mean, I should have left you. And the part that was hard for me though, was that the way it played out and like the lack of understanding surrounding the choices I made deemed me a liar in their eyes. And that floored me. Yeah. Which is fucked up because I still to this day, don't think they comprehend like the gravity of my situation or where I was at mentally and the choices I made and why I did it. 
And it wasn't just about me. Like it wasn't, it was the big picture. It was so much more than that. And I don't regret staying with you because let's be real. I have the most perfect baby boy out of that decision. So Mm -hmm. it's like, there are a lot of things I don't regret. I just, it's hard to, because I gave up so much to remain in this marriage to still lose the marriage. And that's a piece of me that will resent you for a very long time. And you should. Because they were like a huge portion of my life. So I think that's hard for me. You you also, yeah, you have a lot of anger towards me and a lot of resentment towards me because I, you're right. I didn't just, I didn't just take away your marriage. Like what happened is, yeah, you have had, you have chosen me over friends. Granted, in hindsight, any friend who's willing to do that to someone is not your friend. So like, I get it. Like that's not, and ultimately that's, they're not good friends for me because I have friends who are in my life currently who've watched us through all those phases who are still here right. and still ride or die for me regardless of the circumstances like they're just not friends but i still think it was hard for me to mourn because i felt like at the time i was left high and dry because i chose you and that was rough well in hindsight regardless of them not being great friends in the very very long run it's i still uh it was still my fault that you had to lose friends because you chose me that was hard. regardless of them not being great friends you it was still something that I've I don't know. And I think as a friend to that floors me, I just, I can't like really, I just don't get it. I wouldn't do it. So it's hard for me to relate to. Mm. All right. So next question, is there any part of you cast that feels sorry for Brett? Uh, <laughs> I hope the answer is no. Cause- no, that'd be a lie. I think I feel sorry because I can't, I really can't fathom feeling the level of lost that you feel. What do you think it does feel like? What part of I can't fathom didn't you hear? Yeah, I know, but I said if you got fucking expensive headphones, like hello. What? Yeah, I heard you. Shut up. That's a good joke, actually. Um, no, I've been unhappy with. I've been unhappy for twenty fifteen to twenty plus years, um, and I haven't been confident for the same amount of time everything i put outwards for the rest of the world to see is all fake i think the hard part too is people don't understand that i've i'm able to separate us in different segments right there's the friendship version of us there's the individuals of each of us there's the marriage part of us there's the parenting part of us and in some ways i very much have sectioned those off in my head according to the situation so how i emotionally feel about each variation of that is different obviously the marriage part of us makes me want to throw you off a cliff yeah the parenting part of us i still highly admire but i still resent you because the parenting part of you should have still found a way to put us first to save our kids yeah i still respect you as a friend and a person because i deeply feel for you so i think to some extent yeah I, i feel sorry for you because you've imploded your life in a way i could never understand ever i would and ultimately like i stand by the fact that i would never do it it's an internal struggle that that, like i don't want anyone to experience yeah i mean i i do feel sorry for you because i don't own it i don't own the situation i had nothing to do with it there's like there are people in this world that i i would say i kind of hate but when i think about like what i want them to experience as far as like when i think of like revenge i like yeah what i've felt for the past 15 years 
I want them to feel that. But like when I think about that, I think of that as like temporarily, not permanently. It's funny. Like, I don't even care an, about inflicting pain. I just want people to fuck off. I mean, like, a, <laughs> I just want people to fuck off. The way I'm putting it is because of like, that's an easy way for people to relate. Like, that's to how I feel about people understand. who, yes. And I think that's how I feel about like people who talk shit about the situation. Without what situation? This, Us? this dynamic, all of it, like every ounce of what we're going through. Like people who, I mean, you know who I'm referring to, like the friends from last year who I know in passing have said some things that are not ideal or just like how people view me versus you in this situation. It's like, unless you're actively in these shoes, shut the fuck up. No, because everyone thinks like, oh, like I have always lived my life by that. I'm even watching a good friend of mine go through a somewhat similar situation, but truthfully much worse. And I can only give her advice to so like to a certain extent because I'm not in her shoes. I can't tell her what to do. Or how to do it because I don't know what it's like to be hurt. So what do you think the common misunderstanding is that everyone automatically associates to divorce? Oh my God, there's a a huge variety of them. Uh, Let's talk about just our scenario, cheating and divorce. Oh my God, people want me to light you up. No, no, no. no. What's like the common thought that people think? Because you were like, people have automatic thoughts about when someone cheats and you're getting divorced. They they assume they know all of the in. Not even in the details, but people just assume that they want you to respond a certain way. They want a specific reaction out of you. So they you, tell you what you should do or what you should be doing. And as far as I'm concerned, unless you've been in these shoes, in my exact scenario, I don't want to hear what the fuck you think I should be doing. Do you f- feel like people are getting angry with you because you're not doing what they think is yes, right? I think, th- well, that's how last year was. Like that friendship ended because they didn't think I was doing what was right. Yeah, but right now. The same thing. I don't think currently, because I've already eliminated people from my life who I feel like would push that variation too much for me. I'm also in a much different place this year versus last year where quite frankly, if I at any point felt like someone was overstepping about what I should be doing in my scenario, I would tell them to get fucked. Yeah. Like I have no problem being like, I, your fucking opinion is irrelevant to me. And that's one thing I love about the friend of mine who is going through a similar situation. There have been moments where I've, I've probably overstepped with her and I've said some things that might be out of line and I didn't realize it until later, but she's like, we're done having this conversation. Like she she's cut me that? off. Yep. She's like, we're not having this conversation. We'll reconvene later. But like, it's not appropriate right now. Was it you were telling her what you thought she should do? Kind of, or being pushy or just like, in hindsight, it was because I was so protective of her and I love her so much and I want to save her from her situation, but I can't. Yeah. And so it's that hard line to so, cross. So you want her to meet you where you're at. You're not meeting yes. her where she's at. And we're at. just different people in different scenarios. And that's the bottom line. We're different people married to different people with different situations. So I can't tell her what to do because they're not the same. Like everything is going to be treated differently. And that's one thing I think people fail to fucking remember. Like treat a situation and the advice you give as if you've either directly lived the exact same one or as if you're flying blind because there's no in between. Like do not act like you know all because you fucking don't. I don't even think there's a scenario where you can say they live the exact same situation because you and I are two unique people and there's no way. That is exactly the point. You literally just validated my point. No one should give shit about anything and then judge someone off of it or unfriend them over it. Unless it truly violates your morals or like certain things that are genuinely out of line for you, it should not pertain to well, you. Even like, let's go a step further. Here's the there. thing. I have a really hard time well, getting in line with people who actively cheat or hurt other people. It's hard for me. I have a really hard time being like close friends with people like that because ultimately there's so much more to that. And it's so damaging so, to someone. So you mean people who, who genuinely don't, and thank God I haven't met somebody like this, uh, genuinely do not give a fuck about their spouse. 
kind of probably to some and, extent and, and it's not being because at that point just leave like so, you're torturing someone else's well-being for your own benefit and that is so fucking crass to me i have to ask a question so i understand your context yep so you're talking about someone who's cheating on their partner in general yeah. and and it's not this it's they're cheating on them but it's not driven by trauma and damage that they haven't dealt with no that's not fair because i think to some extent all people who cheat stem from some level of trauma i truly think it takes a certain level of unwellness for someone to be a cheater i don't know a single well-minded individual who actively cheats i have never met someone who's like i'm gonna cheat on my fucking spouse and they're sane or they're like sound it's it doesn't exist anybody i have ever known that's cheated to some extent has a shitload of trauma well yeah then you have to start incorporating like if you're going to talk about that like you have to like you have to uh incorporate like social norm like or, or like what is there's so much to that normal but or back to my point Correct. and not damaged and but that's my point i think that's such a vast scale that like we're not therapists and i'm not even going to spot on about it i just have personal opinions about it and ultimately for gotcha. me the grape part that we were kind of airing about was basically friends or people who dictate how you should do certain things and then decide to cut you off based on it unless it's truly harmful or toxic to you individually i don't understand that like i think now i've gotten to a point in my adulthood and just life where the friends i have and the situations we're in we all respect that they're different situations and we can support each other but we don't have to project ourselves into it and that is such an important differentiation of being a good friend you do not have to take on those feelings or or project your anger about what they should be doing into them. You just simply need to say, how can I help you? Yeah. What can I do for you? And again, I've made mistakes still. I still sometimes cross those boundaries with friends, but they're good enough to check me and be like, hey, too far. Like, check yourself. This is not what I need from you right now. And I'm like, shit, I'm fucking sorry. You're right. That's not what you needed. I just, that for me is a sore spot because it's taken a long time to find those friends. And there are still some who don't fucking get it. And it's painful. So that's a whole different thing. All right, last one. Are you a sex addict? Uh, this is the last question. Mm, no, for this section. We still have fucking oh, four sections. No, I'm not. All right, good. Thank God. <laughs> no, like I, I, uh, I, I did just, I'm not deflecting that question. I actually did spend a lot of time. No, I know. Because I, I question that. that. So yeah, so if I answer yes or no to a question like this and just for your audience, it's if, just matter of if fact. you think that it's a bullshit answer, you'll call I'll me. I'll call out you out on it. Don't yeah. you worry. Don't you worry, baby. You called me out enough to divorce me, so I'm not worried about getting <laughs> called out. All right. So here's some general questions. Why do you think men cheat? Why do I? Th- this for the both of us? I don't fucking know. Why do I think men cheat? What's the mindset behind it? I know why I cheated. We've answered that. I know why. I'll answer. How about I answer this one? Because I don't, I honestly don't think you're quite self-aware enough to answer this fully. So, so yeah. So like I have, why do I think men cheat? I'm going to say a very, very broad answer. And, and everyone, please, you need to understand that this is a very broad answer and how deep this goes underneath is like, it's, it's deep. It's like going to the core of the earth underneath this, but to put it simply insecurities. Yes, I would agree. I think insecurities, I think trauma plays a huge part in it. I think ego to some extent. You get, you get subjected to trauma and your trauma develops the insecurities Insecurities, very much. They're kind of one in the same in some ways. Um, I think that 
ego probably does play a part for some people who are shallow. Yes. Uh, uh, not having a correct uh, understanding of, of what masculinity actually yeah. is. Like, I, I think there's such a wide variation of the reason men cheat. I think it stems much deeper than the, the typical, like, I think it is as simple as some people being unhappy. Yeah. Like, I think some people cheat in relationships because they're unhappy, but don't know how to leave or. Well, there are other people too that like they cheat on, like, I do believe that there are people that cheat on their spouse because they don't love them. But the other factor that you have to factor in is there's a lot of people that are also codependent. Correct. And there's a lot of other factors that keep those people in those relationships. Correct. So Finances. We, there's a menagerie yeah, of things. That uh, yeah. Oh my there. God. So like, like when we talk about like uh, everyone looking at you and going, Cassidy, you should be acting this way. You should be. If one more t- person know, tells me what I should or shouldn't do, I'm going to fucking lose my shit. It's complete. <laughs> it's, complete bull- it's complete bullshit. Because that question right there, why do people cheat? There's an endless amount of answers. Correct. But like to put it simply, insecurities, ego. This and- one's good. Do you think once a cheater, always a cheater? <laughs> I can't answer that. I do. Which you is do. why I'm leaving. Okay. I don't think I've ever met anybody that's cheated that ever didn't cheat again. Um, I know some people that have cheated and never cheated again. They're in my group. They're coaches. Are they dead yet? No. Okay. Well then let me know when they're in the coffin and then we can talk about it. Why? Because then you can tell me they haven't cheated again. They still got a whole lifetime to fuck up. Okay. (laughs) It's true. Um, I know a couple people who are dead who always cheated. That's why I'm not. Uh, I got you. Uh, to 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 elaborate more on my question, like the you know, do I think once a cheater, always a cheater? I said I can't quite answer that because I. I'm, people I'm, are asking and referring directly to you. That's I why that there's a hidden innuendo to that. I know. Um, so I'm living from secondhand experience from people who did cheat and have never cheated again. No, they worked through their shit. Uh, I am on my journey to work through my shit. So personally, if I continue on this journey and can and like working through the program and the therapy that I'm in, if I continue on this path, do I think once a cheater, always a cheater? No. But if I fall off the path and I don't make permanent change, do I think once a cheater, always a cheater? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My toxic trait is that I'll tell you before I fuck someone. <laughs> you really like to dig it in. I do. I want to make sure if I stab you that I make sure it goes all the way through. Yeah. No, no. It's it's not like it's, hey, I'm going to stab you in three days. Think about that for a while. Yes, that's exactly how I operate. It's calculated and then on as day fuck. three. I wasn't kidding. Did I not tell you that I make sure that everything I do is calculated, that there's an end result, a consequence, and an yeah. action that all makes sense to me that I've played out in I various literally. relations? I just said you're a super sleuth. That's you're- not even sleuthy. I'm so point blank and blunt that it's painful for some people. All right. This one's good. <laughs> what the hell, dude? <laughs> you had a great woman and you cheated. Now you have the audacity to still wear your ring. For context, he hasn't worn it in like two or three weeks. Um, Yeah, I decided to take like after that, like I think at, that was brought up well before people started posting questions. And I, I was begging you to take that fucking ring off. Well, I remember you asked me why I was still having it on. And I actually like went to... Uh, um the group that I'm in and I had probably like an hour long discussion just about why am I still wearing it with a member in like discussing with him, like 
in depth, like, dude, why are you still wearing it? Mm-hmm. And I started going through and like, what's my motive behind this? And um, I was still wearing it because I, I hadn't let go of our old relationship. I wanted to like yeah. believe that it was still going to go. And then the other thing that I was doing is I was like wearing it and telling myself that when I was wearing it, it was like a reminder of the mistake I had made and been like, like remember what you did. And so I realized like I wasn't wearing it for the right reasons. And so I, I realized like, if I'm going to wear this, it needs to come from a, a an internal yeah. Like a, a very powerful internal reason. And my reason for wearing it cannot be because I want to manipulate you Correct. or anything like that. So I took it off because I was like, I'm not wearing this. I think I also for threatened power. you. I mean, you did, but at the same time, like that didn't influence me. What it did I'm is kidding. I'm glad you did threaten me because it made me ref- to cut your finger off. It made me reflect on it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think- All right. This one is interesting to me because I am interested to hear your answer. I'm feeling less attracted to my boyfriend and way more to other men. Was this a similar train of thought that you had? And then after, is that when you decided you wanted to wander off and cheat? What was going through your head before you made that choice? So basically, were you less attracted to me and that made you want to fuck other people that weren't me? No. It was never about looks. I'm a fucking potato. I've had like two kids in two years. It's a Dude, line of I shit. Thought you, I thought you pregnant was sexy as fuck. I look but like the, a bowling ball. Okay, so just <laughs> this has been a funny topic between Cassidy and I for since both kids being pregnant is like, like I thought you were gorgeous pregnant and I was That's still. That's different than sexual so, appeal so, 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 No, no, no. I was still in, in like a very like caveman fatherly maternal stems, way i think that's something that stems from men being proud of the like, fact that they got someone pregnant it was like i, I put like, it there. i got that i did that like, but yes. but the other thing is i was like as your belly started getting bigger i was like i was surprised that i was sexually attracted to you in a way i that, hope so i was fucking awesome in a way that i hadn't experienced before but the thing is is like people need to understand is like when the joke between cassidy and i is like that i didn't find her attractive when she was pregnant and that's solely because we didn't really have sex much towards it was the miserable at the end though anyway pregnancy. well it was because i couldn't in my head, I couldn't. Well, you thought it was like you thought somebody was gonna reach down and like grab your genitals <laughs> or something dramatic. I like, just, I, just I mentally so couldn't stupid. get over the fact that there was a baby in there, and I just like. <laughs> I think Brett lost interest as soon as you could see like the baby moving from the outside. Like I think as you as soon as you would like come into the bedroom at night, I think it was the first. And you'd be like seeing their little legs move through my stomach. You're like, yeah, we're done. It was, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> knock knock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first ultrasound where you could see arms and legs for me. I was like, like yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> There's a person in there. there. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to vacate that space. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, this, this person, like, this is, I'm going to go back because this is actually a really serious question. It sounds like this is from somebody who's actually really wants to, to get some insight about what yes. they should do next because you, whoever you are, you sound like you are. Uh, you're 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 torn right now you're checked out and that's the thing i think this person specifically is checked out i am speaking from experience that there has never been a point in our marriage where anybody else ever appealed to me same 
ever. Like another male, I couldn't have given two rats asses. I didn't care if they were the hottest person on earth. They just were so irrelevant to me. Like if this is how you're feeling, you're checked out. And that's because either A, you're just not happy anymore. There's something majorly lacking in your relationship or you just have some serious self-work to do. There's something internally going on that you need to figure the fuck out, but something's off here. And this has nothing to do with, I think, the other person. Well, the other thing that I want to know is like, they said they became less attracted to their boyfriend. Yes, there's context like missing you here. you became less attractive. So it's like- No, they said they're less attracted to their boyfriend. So it's- It's them not finding that person attractive. Oh, I kind of understood that as like the you opposite. found them attractive and then slowly over time that attraction dissipated. That's how I'm taking it too, yes. Yeah, that's um there's something there yeah, for Yeah, there's you. something else. There's has, more context it's, missing it's, there. It, it has nothing to do with At looks. least not for us. I think for some extent that does happen for some people. I think over time it wears off and then you get like busy minded and start wandering. No, but what I'm also saying is that if you found your boyfriend attractive before you started dating there's either and now you are less attracted to them and finding more other people more that's emotional well there's two things going on here either one he started displaying some behaviors that like it's emotional there's different types of sexual attraction so like um if if they started showing less of that that's one one thing that they could do um because we're not therapists so get to just the general overview. No, or it's that she never found him that attractive in the first place. And just- Correct. Like, I think it's just one of those things. I think it's just either A, emotionally she's checking out and that's the problem because those do correlate for women. Yeah. So there's a million things that are happening there. That's just, that's heavy. Yeah, attractive is different. But that's something you need to explore. It's either personal for you and there's something underlying yeah. or it's just your relationship itself is lacking in some extent. And either A, you need to figure out what it is, cut them loose and be done with it. But like cheating is never the answer. And I'm going to stand by that. I don't care who the fuck you are, what your situation is. Be done with it. I agree. I think the one thing that you should really do right now is think about it and then probably tell your partner how you're feeling. That's a huge part too. There needs to be a level of open communication, which to some extent I always thought we were on the same page about because I was always good about being very open with you about where I was at. I had lots of insecurities that made me not communicate with you i think even you thought at certain points you were being as open as you could be I and you I was. just were not there no not at all like for me i had no problem telling you what was happening when it was happening and how to make it better what we needed to get yeah. there you were not there were a lot of times that you also had to look at me and be in and, and been like brett how does that make, make you, you feel? feel like yeah oh uh, yeah all right so this is a good one brett have you continued to talk to or meet up with the woman you had the affair with if so why I stopped, right? Mm, back up. I, I'm going to back up. So present tense is I stopped. So a week after I cheated, I was still in contact with, um, and- You're right. I don't want to say your name. I changed my mind. I don't want to give her that kind of cloud. Yeah. So I was still in contact, contact with, with the PA. We'll call her the PA. The Just her. Her. Um, after I cheated on Cass, it was, did you kick me out? You kicked me out. ASAP, motherfucker, ASAP. goodbye. I went right to loot. Loops, when I right? caught you, I was like, yeah. goodbye, pack your shit and leave. So, I think my <laughs> sister threatened to kill you in the garage. Yeah, I moved out and I think like two days, two days living with Luke, I was in a very horrible fucking place and just went right back to, I mean, I texted her, didn't meet up with her again, uh, but I did text her and started, I almost was, I was being very manipulative with her. Absolutely. And, uh, cause you saw the messages. 
Right? She's still dancing, couldn't figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I showed them to you. And so, yeah, I mean, she didn't pick up on me being manipulative, but I did. I reached back out because I was like, even that was even after you had spoken directly to mm-hmm. her. So, like, my need for 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 feeling love from other people was very you were hoping someone would love you somewhere because you weren't feeling a period yeah so the other thing like you weren't feeling a period at that point buddy we just answered the question uh oh no she said less attract the previous question was like have i ever felt less attracted to you and like or was it about looks or anything like that was no people want to know if you're just talking to her yeah are you still talking to her no not now no but you did for uh up until we caught you both yeah. I think I messaged her and I was like, are you fucking dense? I actually, I, I was like, I didn't have anything to hide from you at that point. Like, cause I wasn't. The problem for me was that I made myself crystal clear. I did not care what you did after. Meaning I don't care who you date after, who you meet or sleep with or whatever. I didn't even care about what's her face. Like, no, I care about that too, because she existed during our marriage. But if you were to get a new girlfriend, ultimately, as long as she's healthy and good for you, I'd want you to be happy. I would probably try to be friends with her. I'd want to know her and make sure she's good for you and good for our kids. I don't want anyone else to meet our kids. They will have to at some point. But the point being is that like ultimately for me, the past needed to stay the past. And that felt like a huge disrespect because they needed to stay there. Yeah. Like people who, and I'm sorry, but people who have affairs and then like marry the person they had the affair with and there's kids involved. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. Like kindly fuck you. That is so goddamn toxic and dirty and so fucked up on so many levels. Like the way you're fucking up your kids for life is out of this world. Yeah. Out of this world. Like if you bring someone else into your marriage and then marry that person and expect your kids to respect them and love them, fuck no. And I've already told you, I will make this co-parenting journey so peaceful for everybody. But if at any point you bring anybody from our past that inadvertently hurt our marriage into the present with our kids, well, there's also Game no, over. there's also no reason to. But most men do because they're, or just most people most, do. Most men, most people. Yeah. I think it's a really fucking shitty thing to do. I just, I know someone who went through it. I'm like, there ain't no fucking way. And his kids mm-hmm. resent him for it. Like they're, they're, his kids are older and that blows my mind. Do like, you, do you have right now any fear that I'm going to do that? Absolutely. I don't trust you as far as I can fucking throw you. Why do you have that? <laughs> why do you have that? Fear? Because you kept all these people in our lives for this long. Like, I just, I don't trust you as far as I can fucking throw you. Sure. So if at any point, like I have told you, like she, I think she said in one of the texts from two weeks ago that she talked to you next summer, like after things had died down. If I ever find her in any way, shape or form back in the picture, you'll never see me again. Me and the kids will be living on a remote island somewhere and you can go fuck yourself. I mean, like, you should, because if you, if she comes back into my life, that means I haven't fucking fixed anything. I just like that for me is too far. Find a new girl, love her, fuck her, live her into the next life. I'll be her friend. But like anybody from her past that ruined our kids' lives needs to stay in the fucking past. Yeah. Res- you don't have to respect me, but respect them because ultimately all you're going to do is create a place of resentment for them and they don't need that if you want to damage your relationship with your kids that's the best way to do it like i just i can't get behind that and i know it from experience from people whose kids have been through it and they fucking hate their dad or hate their parent whoever did it like they can't look at them the same so your commitment here and making sure that the past stays in the past is because you know how it's going to damage the kids well yeah that'll make me vengeful as fuck like i know me i'm gonna fuck i'm not nice it's not because you want me to be unhappy it's because you can i just want to be done with the the fucking past yeah the continuous damage that it causes yes like just for me like the people who caused the pain need to stay where they caused it i i i hear that you you like i said i will find you a new girlfriend so I hear, <laughs> I hear that you are very concerned with the past not staying in the yes, past. Yes, absolutely. You you filed for divorce to make sure that you could keep the past in the past. Correct. There's still one level of risk for you of the past still coming forward, and that's me. 
This is also like an open PSA to her. Like, don't come back because yeah. it'll be really unpleasant for everybody. I'm not a nice person. So I appreciate knowing that. I respect her from a distance, but like, here's the thing. Ultimately, too, I respected her up until I found out you guys were still talking after I thought her and I were on the same page. That for me was a huge level of disrespect because I wouldn't have done it to someone. Yeah. Like that, she went from being someone who was innocently harmed by your actions to a homewrecker. And that was my problem with her. Like it, it went from being like, hey, you thought he was in an open marriage and it was all cool and dandy and you could fall in love and run off into like the sunset two days a week at your Airbnb to like, just kidding. Like he's got little kids who've got a lot of issues, but like I still fit in the picture. She went from being, like I said, someone hurt by you to homewrecker. And that's yeah. where I'm like done with her. So PSA, don't fucking come back. Because I don't have the fucking patience for it. But I appreciate you letting me Don't deflect. Know. I'm pissed. No, I, I, I'm not <laughs> deflecting. I'm finishing what I was saying. Yeah, whatever. Because you kind of cut me off. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but, to, but to let you know, like the, val- like, the value that I take from that and one thing that you should know is that. I love you dearly as, like, the father of my kids and the sperm donor. But, like, I don't think you take much value from anything at this point because. We oh, I used to take zero value, value from anything. Yeah. So, like, maybe tell me about the value in three years when there's been, like, permanent rendition of change. Okay. But I do want you to know that those women were only in my life because I was a fucked up human being. I'm still a fucked up human being. I'm still. We all work- are fucked up. I'm still working on Like, do you it. think I'm pleasant? No. Yeah. Okay. These are the questions that are going to get me hot and bothered because I've already answered these indirectly on social media because people are fucking ignorant. And I still stand by that. So I'll let you answer them first and then I'm going to follow up with them. Is this where the theme of the show comes in? Kind of. I mean, this is a good ending point because we're going to end here and then we'll save this for this. All the good questions, the juicy ones are the next one. But people needed context. You mean like the next episode? Yes. Okay. All right. So Brett. Cass. (laughs) I'm going to already preface this because this fucking screams misogynistic, patriarchal Can, asshole. Are you going to be able to read this and... Shut the fuck up. This is my podcast. No, and I mean, let me answer. Or Yes, I said you're going to answer and then I'm going to follow it up. All right. So, Brett, do you think that Cassidy's often manic slash contradicting approach to situations led to some of these issues that are being made to seem your fault? Okay. First off... Foo-hoo. Can you turn that around? You gotta read it. Yeah, I'm gonna read that because that that was like there's some some. Which one is the that one? Yep, I can slide it over. Short arms. Yeah, I got a big head, little arms. Very T. Do you think Cassidy's often manic, contradicting approach to situations led to some of these issues that are being made to seem your fault? I mean, fuck you. Everything was my fault. Like fuck this person. That is like Hold the on. Most no, no, no. You you told me I could answer this. Fine, I'll follow okay. up. Okay. Honestly, I want to I do want to say fuck you for even trying to insinuate that any of this is Cassidy's fault because it's not. And in when someone says manic and contradicting, I do get where that can seem that way, <clears> but I'll stem on that. I, I think that for that point, I do need your context from that. Yes, but like, as far as like what I can tell you is I have never seen Cass in her entire life. Uh, I can't say entire life in our entire relationship. I've never seen you contradict yourself. Never. Really. Like never. Like if I, I've, if you even thought you were contradicting yourself, you, I could tell that you would think like you'd prevent yourself from doing that. Like I don't in, in man like I don't I don't agree. Here's with the thing: that at I think all. people view manic, especially because it's, it's funny. A few people have messaged me about this question when I posted it, and there's been a huge talk about how this is super misogynistic, and it just comes from a very deep, 
need to oppress women's feelings and how women should react to certain situations. Oh, you're saying so that like they think like you're I'm being emotional, manic and, and contradicting just because you're putting your emotions in the truth Correct. out there. Yes. So they're and they're, this is this stems back to like my friendship last year where they deemed me as a liar because as I've already told people from the very fucking beginning is that these situations when there's trauma to this extent are not linear. The emotions you experience are not the same. Some days I wake up and I'm kind of fine with your existence. I'm like, yeah, cool. You can exist today and I'm fine with that. The next day I wake up and I'd I'd rather bury you six feet under. It's not a linear experience. I'm understanding the manic, the manic. Contradic- contradictory. Correct. I'm understanding the contradictory and what this person's saying. And that's how saying. I'm assuming. That's I mean, mean. F- fuck you. Like wh- whoever this is, if, the, if if you're a male, you really need to do some research on what masculine and feminine actually is. Because what feminine does is feminine feels and acts, right? Women. women I do feel I am. I am women, foremost the most off the hip person ever. Like just so whoever this person is is like how do you expect a woman to not be emotional like that's just the the way you are way but i think men versus women you're way more in touch with your emotions but you I, just know how to do it but here's the thing but, too i think but, people assume that because i'm willing to be have you ever woken up one day person who asked your fucking question have you ever woken up let's say how'd you wake up yesterday it was fucking christmas you probably woke up happy as shit right did you wake up this morning hungover feeling like an ass because you went out with family and party too much? Yeah. You can't expect someone to feel fucking the same, same about every everything, every single day, every single minute. Not even when that. you are going through a point in your life that is the lowest you could possibly be at, like I hit rock bottom. It was a different kind of rock bottom for yes. you. Like, honestly, fuck you. I think you, too- you, someone saying that you shouldn't feel your emotions that way. Fuck you. How, like, why? Why? Why can't you feel your emotions that way? And why is it not okay for you to express them the best way that it is for you? I think the most important part for this journey for me and me being public about it too stem from a place of making it crystal clear to people that it's okay to not be linear. I yes. think I was willing to put myself in a very vulnerable position by outing our situation by showing what it's like to live it in real time. So, so you've had a lot more interaction with the public than I have had oh, going yes. through this scenario. So do you feel like people's understanding of when you're going through something like this, you're supposed to only feel one way? The only people who understand the way it to actually feel are the way the process works to people who've lived in it. And then there's the reverse out of that with people who think that everything should be kept quiet and then you should just hang yourself one day and everyone should be like, oh my God, they look so happy. Like there's only two versions of what people expect from you. So do you feel, do you, how do you feel the reverse side is expecting you to act? Do you feel like they're expecting you to be angry, yes. work through it, yes. and then move on with your life? Yes. I think people are expecting me to always be angry. Just be angry. Yes. Just always be angry. I think people are expecting me to consistently be angry. Well, I mean, the one factor that I think people need to realize is something that you just said is uh, earlier on is that like you loved me. Yes. You still do. I still do love you. And, and we and, have and, kids. And that, yeah. We have kids in that ultimately like our relationship wasn't bad. No. And that's the point. It wasn't bad, but also being angry permanently does not serve me. The only person who does not benefit from that and that it hurts the most is myself. Yeah. So why the fuck am I going to remain in a place of total like anger? Who the fuck is that going to help? Well, it's also like, how do you, like, if someone's telling you, hey, you're supposed to be angry about this. Like, what if you have a lot of sadness or heartache? And Correct, they're, just and ba- they're basically just telling you, nah, fuck you. You're not supposed to be sad. There's like a, pl- Don't there's feel a it. huge fucking 
melting pot of emotions that I feel. Some days, certain ones are bubbling more than others, and I can't control that. And I am owning that publicly. And I get that that's going to come with criticism. But questions like this also stem so much deeper. It's such a misogynistic slash like, like I've said over and over, it's it's like almost a toxic patriarchal point of view that needs to be like completely smashed to shit because it's so fucking redundant, but it's also incredibly toxic. Yeah, well, I think the one point to, to like a different topic you could talk about at some point is what's masculine and what's feminine. All of it, but I'm and also what, here to abolish the patriarchy. Well, like that, I just, that shit's got to go. That's my point is the patriarchy exists because but the patriarchy of the, exists because of the masculine and feminine thought process. No, it exists because it's incorrect. What what has now become the norm for masculine and feminine is not correct. Well, yes, now it's like this really fucked up version of men being like subpar capable of meeting anybody's needs, but making sure their dick is always wet. That's literally what it is. Like if I learned anything by being on dating apps in the last month for the first time in like a decade, give or take, it's that it's like the most toxic I've ever seen it. Like men are literally out to make sure that their dick is wet and their ego is stroked and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, there's only about 1% of the population that actually understands it's like what fucking, masculinity truly is. And yes. you have to like, when when we're talking about masculine versus feminine, like it's almost hard to talk about that topic without someone, to careful, with, yes. without someone seeming, uh, uh, without someone assuming that there needs you're, to be context. you're being a sexist, right? Correct, there needs to be context. So like, so like when, and we're not gonna go into it right now. No, but like for just for reference, when Cassidy and I, we were just talking about masculine versus feminine like just take away gender completely about it and just think of like it's a mindset masculine as a thing and feminine as a thing not as people right yes it's that still sounds bad but like you have to think of it like I don't know. It's an emotional, like, like a fo- football, like a football and a soccer ball. No, you're doing a terrible job I, here. I'm, I'm, I, it's I know. Just Help an me emotional out. variation. It's meant to be about how you act in the comfort of a relationship. It's your emotional mm-hmm. distinguish of just how you function, and that's like the important part that people are forgetting. Where we're seeing men nowadays, especially on dating apps, who are out here wilding out, but they're shooting from the hip. And they're basing it off of like in instant gratification and like just lack of big picture. Oh, and that stems from such a like fucking emotional feminine thought process because women are known for that. We're known from shooting for the hip. Like, and to the, to some extent, I do still function like that. Like that's how I am on social media because I think in some ways being that level of transparent has made it relatable for people who are going through it. But it also shows a very realistic picture of what it's like to heal in lifetime. Yeah. So last but not least, that question is fucking bullshit. Whoever you are, stop following me. You're fucking irritating. Um, and last one, Brett, how <laughs> but literally, but I just the questions like this, and I've already shot from the hip because someone else asked the same thing about like why we feel the need to make our marriage public. And I wasn't even going to address or why we feel the need to make this divorce public, or it was something very demeaning. And I already I already went off about it on social media because it pissed me off enough. But the bottom line was that I think it is so, so inherently destructive for people to continue to suffer in silence. Yeah. Like I refuse to live that life anymore because I've done it how long with you? I mean, like there's also the victim and the person that fucked up in our situation. And in some, it's equal parties. Like there are most marriages where they end because it's an equal party distinguished issue. That was not the case for us. Like this was one person who definitely gave it the all and one person who just couldn't get their fucking shit together. And then there are moments I take ownership, but you've already known where those moments are. Or there have been things where I'm like, hey, this was not cool of me. But I, I mean, the thing is, is that you were able to recognize them. You, you in, instead of like 
you basically said sorry through action. I said sorry. And well, yeah, I just didn't no repeat action. the same mistake. Correct. Yeah, or I, I didn't do the same behavior. Yeah, just, yeah. But I think ultimately for us, like why we've chosen to do this publicly is I, like I was dying inside. I like, I could not, I could not continue to function the way I was. I hated feeling like I couldn't talk to people. I hated feeling that there was no solidarity in my experience. But ultimately, I fucking hated knowing that men continued to get away with the shit you were doing. And the only way to fucking end that is to bring it to light in the ugliest fucking way. And I didn't care, quite frankly, if I made an example of you, because as far as I was concerned, you spent the last decade putting me in the ground. So I didn't fucking care what came after that because ultimately I didn't want it for other people. And ultimately I did not want it for our fucking kids. Yeah. For me, it stemmed from making sure our daughter never lived in my shoes and make sure our son made way better fucking choices. Yeah. So for people who've asked why we've decided to do this publicly, why we felt the need to air our shit, because guess what? Someone out there somewhere, someone, something is learning from this situation. Yeah. I don't even care what the fuck you're taking away from it. All I care about, though, is that you understand that, one, there is so much to lose in the grand scheme if you fail to think of the big picture. There is so much to fucking lose. There's also a lot to lose when you ignore your own self. But there's also a lot to gain from growth. All the things that I think we could have rebounded from had you taken the steps you needed to, we could have been a success story. So I think that there's just like a lot of facets to this that could be learned, but people all suffer in private and then fucking die. And everyone's like, oh, well, shit, I had no idea. I fucking hate that. That's so toxic. I just, mm-hmm. social media has become a highlight reel and I like the good parts of it, but like, where's the parts where we're all actually living a life that's hard? Like, where is that transparency? Yeah. Transparency. I think my goal at this point in making it public now, <clears throat> Initially, you wanted to know. Yeah. So, I mean, just so everyone knows, I had absolutely zero motivation to make any of this public um, (laughs) up until maybe a week ago. Um, I did ask. I gave you. Yeah. Up until a week ago, whenever you you told me everyone was striking up interest. Um, But uh, I realized like now, now that I've done a lot more self-reflection and I'm in a place where I can at least talk about it with some knowledge and meaning like I have some knowledge of myself. Um, I just, one of the things that I actually told someone this earlier tonight was um, they were talking about, you know, the advice that they were giving me growing up. And it was during a period where, where I fell on this person quite heavily to be almost a father figure. Um, And so I was just, just kind of asked um we were talking about giving each other advice and why what advice he was giving me and i kind of like in that moment it clicked for me i was like jesus christ i talked to a shit ton of people lots of people in my life who gave me advice and i asked for it and the one thing that i didn't get from anybody um was how to deal with your insecurities and your trauma one thing the one concurrent theme that I got from everybody in my life growing up was you're going to grow up with some insecurities and some hard shit's going to come your way. But no one ever took the time and was like, Hey, these are going to come your way, but here's what you should do when they do come your way. Here's how you avoid years and years of trauma ruining your life. Like, Mm. yeah. 
that was a constant theme. Like, hey, you're going to have some insecurities. We could yeah. stem so deep into that too. Just the way I yeah. think that in some ways people pictured you and the expectations they had for the way you would grow up based on your background. Yeah. And they assumed certain things couldn't happen to you because of it, which I think is also very mm-hmm. fucking toxic. All right, last one. And then we're going to wrap up because we'll save all the juicy shit for all you nosy people for the next podcast because I felt like I needed to break it into two because the shit's long. Brett, how do you feel knowing people are somehow blaming Cass for the problems you caused? I already touched on that. I think you're all fucking stupid. <laughs> and and my message, I'm not even going to say it's a message. The one, the one thing that... Read the question again. I, I it, it, that question got me so worked up. I forgot what the actual question was. How do you feel knowing people are somehow blaming Cass for the problems you caused? Yeah, you can already tell how I feel because I forgot what the fucking question was. Um, Cass didn't Cass didn't cause any of these problems, and and so how do I feel about people blaming you? Yeah, I don't know if this person is blaming you. I think this is a no. I think this person's asking because there were some other questions that were seen publicly that alluded to this. So I'll answer this question by telling everyone who is seemingly blaming you. um, I think that you are all so fucking stupid and that you (laughs) need to do some self-reflection on your own. Because, because if, if you like, in, in most I, scenarios, though, no, no, no. Let me finish is, because this was a question for me, right? And and I don't want you to have to defend yourself because you shouldn't. You didn't. Well, there's do, one more that follows after this that I'm going to lead into. You didn't. You didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You didn't do anything wrong. This was me failing at our relationship, not fulfilling the relationship needs, having my own fucking insecurities, my trauma, feeling unlovable, never dealing with them, and a whole lot of other shit. I mean, I could ramble on at 100 miles an hour with my voice for 30 more minutes Literally. telling you everything that was wrong with me and everything that I should have done, could have done, didn't do, wanted to do, was too scared to do. I, I, I mean, it just goes on and on. It's not your fault. Yeah. And anybody who still blames Cassidy, come fucking talk to me. But here's the thing, too. I do think in some people's defense, the assumption is that when a marriage or cheating happens, that it means that people were unhappy, right? I think the... the is this your next question? Kind of. It's going to lead into that. Okay. I think the glossed over overview for people when someone cheats is that there was like this underlying level of deep unhappiness between two people, right? Like the relationship yes. was unhappy. Yes. And someone had then followed up. This one also annoyed me. I think it takes two to tango. What type of problems were occurring in the marriage that changed the relationship? There were a lot of problems in our relationship. The problems that existed, though, stemmed from simply you. It was not a joint situation for us. I have a really good insight for it takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. Okay. It does. It does take two to tango. But when you're in a tango, someone's always leading. leading. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Okay. Someone's always leading. So it does take two to tango, but someone always leads. So yeah. what happened here is I had a lot of shit that's been wrong with me for a long before you and I have known each other. Right? Yeah. So what happened was, is I started making bad choices and hurting you. And then what you did is you stopped showing love and compassion and trust towards me. So when people say it takes two to tango, there were moments, like I said, every six months I would blame you because I thought it it takes two to tango. I would start blaming you for not meeting me where I thought I was at, thought Mm -hmm. I was at, um, it does take two to tango, but there's always a leader. 
Yeah. Yeah. Dead on because it's the truth. And ultimately, my actions and the way I treated our marriage always followed suit or were reciprocated by an action that pushed me there. It wasn't how I would have initially led. And that was the problem. Yeah. And that's, I think, something that people need to understand is that, sure, it takes two to tango. And definitely, my reactions each time you hurt me were not pleasant because I was fucking coming from a place of hurt. There wasn't anything yeah, else as, to it. As you should. It wasn't like you chose to tango. Be a dick. Yeah. It, we weren't both leading. No. It just, <laughs> like, I think it's just, that's a toxic mentality, too. So, no. I, and here's the thing, I still swear by the fact that I won't take ownership for the end of this marriage because I prevented so much of it for so long or try to no you shouldn't you you try to help me for 10 years so you you for i'll take years. ownership where it's due like there have been moments where i was a raging asshole or just out of pocket but i i led the tango i was to say but granted i yep. was definitely pushed to a certain extent oh, yeah i led and there's that. always going to be a cause and effect yeah i led that dance so i think t- with that i think it's a good place to end um the next podcast will be the good one. That one will touch base about what else happened in the past that led us to this moment. People wanted to know about that. Wait, Pe- is <laughs> like personal past, you and me separately, or our past? Our past. Okay. People wanted to know about, let's see, what it's like to be legally separated. Were we falling out of love? Illegally? How legally? What did I say? I thought you just said illegally <laughs> separated. I no. was like, where the fuck are you sending me? <laughs> I don't think so. We're just people wanted to know about the threesome situation. Like if our open if us opening our marriage created you cheating. Oh, and, you guys are all gonna love that. Answer. Yeah. That some of these are fucking some of these are get ready for that. I'm <laughs> some of these are really lit. I figured I'd save this for another one. There needed to be some context first. Is, Some of it about how do we explain this to our kids one day? What will that look like? Okay. All the good things. And then some very out-of-pocket questions that are really fucking questionable, is but I figured any, I'd take it for the end. Is there anything in this next? Excuse me. It's late because you're late. I was late. I'm Very, very on par with you. Yeah. Um, is there anything in this next one that goes like into a, like a dark scary place for either of us no okay not necessarily i don't think so because I mean, I'm, I'm gonna if if you ever get questions that go to that place let me know beforehand i i'm willing to talk about them but you need to let me know like two days beforehand because i do need to do a lot of confidence building beforehand so that way i can <laughs> at least make it through talking about it and with that being said too this is like i said a good place to end and for anybody who's listened um a lot of you are probably here because you've been following along on social media uh, like we've talked about i've been very blatantly transparent about this process what it's looked like how it's impacted us there was a lot that happened in the meantime with our daughter situation and a lot of weird facets to us separating that made it harder to separate in a traditional way i would assume um and we could probably talk about it for hours. So if there's things yeah. people really want to know, if people really want certain things addressed, if we want to do more follow-up, whatever that is, by all means, send me an email, send me a message, and we'd be more than happy to delve farther in because I'm sure for some people, there's a lot to learn here. People are getting divorced. People are thinking about being divorced. People are trying to figure out ways to save their marriage, save their families. If we can prevent something, do something, help someone, that'd be great because fuck, I would hate for someone to be in my position. <laughs> I would hate for someone to go through 20 plus more years and bullshit. Like I don't want anyone to be where I'm at either. Um, and so with that, I will say to you, Cass, thank you for having me on. <laughs> um, I know your commitment here is to give the unhinged truth 
to everything that I'm also here to cause a ruckus. Let's be real. Talk some shit. Yeah. And so I, I thank you because I do see that your podcast will benefit from having this side of the story. But I also thank you for having me on because you could have had any, any cheater, any other divorce. I want people to understand too, that cheaters are still people. Some of them don't deserve the time of day because I do know some who are genuinely just shitty fucking people. I've dated some of those in the past. There are some like you who there are redeeming qualities. They're good parents. They're they're good friends. There's a lot of other facets to them that stem much deeper. Um, and as much as it's nice to sometimes crucify you to make myself feel better or to make the hurt a little less in the moments, I still need people to recognize that you're a person. And it's okay for me to be mad at you because you hurt me. Yeah. And my kids, and that makes me feel ruthless. Yeah. Um, but I think you also have a side to tell. So I wanted to give you the platform and the chance to do that. Yeah. I made a mistake. Without sticking your fucking foot in your mouth. I made a mistake. My goal is not to prevent somebody else from making this mistake, but I do hope that people You know what's sad? I, I don't think this will ultimately prevent anybody from doing shit because I think people are truly that selfish in this day and age and that's stupid. Probably. But I just hope that <laughs> that at least somebody hears it that, you know. I don't know a single cheater who's ever been like, fuck. No, I'm not gonna cheat today. Like ever. They still fucking do it. <laughs> I don't know a single fucking one. So I, I feel like the only person that this is going to help is someone who has already made the mistake, at least f- from my side. Like of I said, I think my goal for you is that I wanted you to go into your next relationship and be successful. I didn't want you to be a fucking basket. Case. Oh, no, honey. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm so glad that that's your goal for me. Like, I don't want but, you to be a basket. But I, th- I think you are seeing way more sunshine and rainbows than I am. My goal right here is to work through my insecurities and learn what I didn't learn f- you know, grown up for the last 15 years. That's fair. So that way uh, our son does not have to grow up not knowing how to go through and our daughter, and both of them, our insecurities. Although our daughter is very, very, I'm not uh, too worried about her. She's a little, well, she's a little, little neurotic. The only downside <laughs> is the program that I'm in knows how to pull men's insecurities out. Uh, I have not, they don't touch on pulling your women are built different i will say yeah it's built very different like the program is built for men and that's fine that's what i need like i don't think you could build a program that's built for both so no i don't think so either but to my point i want to thank you for for having me on and and giving me an opportunity it's okay i'll see you next time where we talk more shit and actually talk about the shit that people are really wondering about because everybody and their mother for some reason wants to know about our sex life Mm. yeah (laughs) okay thank you b you're welcome